0: Hey, this is Caleb Cole, pastor of Project Church in Sacramento, and man, I am so excited for you to hear this word. I believe God is going to encourage you, strengthen you, and challenge you through it, so get ready to receive from God today. Well, awesome. I'm extremely excited. Uh, we've been in this Book of Mark series for uh, since February, and it's been incredible to walk verse by verse and it's often challenging, but it's also so enlightening because we really dig deeper down into Scripture and what, what it's talking about. And today, we're looking at uh, this, this verse, uh, this passage of Scripture in chapter 4, that, that really digs into what faith is all about. And so here's what I want to kind of open up with, is that really faith is what marks us as Christians. Faith in what we don't see, believing what we do not see. And ultimately, I believe this, is that faith is the most important thing about us. More important than anything else in your life, what you believe is the most important thing about you because it determines your behaviors. It determines everything about you. Your beliefs determine your behaviors. So so therefore, your beliefs are the most important thing about you. Uh, A.W. Tozer said this, what comes into our minds when we think about God, is the most important thing about us. So if that's true, what comes into your mind when you think about God? I mean, some of us, it may be his grace, his love. Maybe it's joy. Maybe it's peace. But for some of us, maybe it's frustration. For some of us, maybe it's anger. For some of us, maybe it's doubt. Maybe it's not the things that Scripture says. And so what I believe is if this is the most important thing about us, which I believe this, this philosopher and this theologian, A.W. Tozer, was, was really accurate in this description of, about our faith, about what comes to our mind when we think about God, how we view God. Our faith in God is the most important thing about us because our faith and our beliefs will always affect our behaviors. And that is the most important thing about us. And so what I believe our church is in this season, we're being called to a deeper sense of faith. We're being called to a, a, a stronger faith, that faith is going to rise up in our church. Over the past two months, I felt very strongly, I felt actually two months ago, it was at a prayer night um, for our church, that I felt like God was saying he was calling our church and by our church, I don't mean the, the corporate setting, but, but the church is the body and the body is the people. So I'm calling, God's calling you to a deeper faith. He's calling you to trust him more. He's calling you to believe that God is who he says he is. Because here's what I've, I'm convicted of is I wonder how many of us, how many people who, who claim to be Christians, professing Christians just view God as someone they're supposed to do the right thing around. And there's some, we're trying to please God and do the right thing and not mess up. But that's our relationship with God. And there's no faith in him that he's in control and he still does miracles. And so that's, this, that's the premise of where I'm coming at today is do we believe God is who he says he is? When, I, when we think about God, what comes to our minds? Do we think about love? Do we think about his power and that he is in control and he's the miracle working God? Or do we really... Just think, man, he's someone I'm just out here to please. I'm just someone, this is someone I don't want to mess, make him mad. Because if we're honest, we may, it may be the latter. And so what I want to look at today is this passage in uh, in Mark chapter 4. And Jesus is teaching to the multitude. His ministry is continuing to grow. There's just people finding out about the miracles that are happening. And they just want to check it out. I just want to check it out. If I could ask uh, someone to flip on the AC, it's getting a little warm in here. Maybe Roy, I know you, were, you know where that thing's at. Um, it just helps me. I'll just preach better if I'm a little cooler up here. I just want to let you all know. Um, and so what happens in this passage is he's kind of going through this series on, on agriculture. We just talked, it was almost like he's like, hey, I'm doing, you know how we do these series in church? It was almost like Jesus was going through a series a sermon series on agriculture. And you know why he was doing this series on agriculture? He was doing, doing all these parables. We just read at the beginning of the chapter of the, of the parable of the sower and how they landed on four different types of soils. And then he got, comes in to talk about the mustard seed and he also comes to talk about the plant and as it grows. And, and so he was doing this because the majority of the culture knew what he was talking about. The majority of the culture was agrarian. They all were very well-versed. They were, the majority of them were farmers. If not, were, knew how to farm and were connected to, to harvesting, sowing, and reaping. They understood those concepts. While a lot of us may be disconnected from that. But we still know, understand the essence of it, which, which Jesus is talking about here. And so, so he's, he's going into this, and he talked in parables. And in the, these two verses, he's talking about the kingdom of God. He's saying this is what the kingdom of God is like. And he's trying to make it sense because some of their, their thoughts about the kingdom of God was inaccurate. And he was saying, no, this is what it's like. This is how it looks. This isn't, it, isn't, it isn't what you think you, you, you have in your mind right now, but it's like this. And, and if we look at the language of, of, the, um, of the original words of kingdom of God, what does that mean? Because some of us say, hey, what the kingdom of God, what is, what is he talking about? So if you look at the Greek word, it's basilia. If you want to impress your friends with some Greek this week, you'd be like, hey, this is, this is, this is an old language. Let me, let me share with you this. So basilia means the royal power, kingship, dominion, or rule. That's what kingdom means. And so he's saying the royal power of God, the kingship of God, the dominion of God, the rule of God. In essence, in essence Jesus is saying, this is how God works. Whenever Jesus is talking about the kingdom of God, he's saying, this is how God operates. This is how it works in God's house. This is how God, but God's house is everything. Nothing's outside of the kingdom of God. I often do this to my children if they're, they're acting a certain way and I'm saying, hey, this doesn't, this isn't how it works in this household. Say, hey, whining doesn't help. That's not how that works. Whining doesn't help you get your way. That's not how it works in this place, in the kingdom of Lauren. No, I'm just joking. I never say that. But that's not how it works. You have to establish how, and I'm I'm attempting to teach my children how this works, how, how this system works, how I operate as a parent. And Jesus is describing how his father and our father, God the Father, operates. And he's saying, this is how it works. He sows, we sow the seed, but God's in control. If I'm able to take one thing away from this, I'm, able, I'm, I'm, I'm encouraged because what we need to understand as we sow this seed, we're going to read this passage just right now, but spoiler alert, this is, the, this is the crux of the message, is that when we sow the seed, it requires faith to understand that God's in control. We don't need to know how it works. We don't need to know every detail, but he calls us to put faith in him, to trust him when we do not see it, when we don't see everything. He's saying, this is how it works. This is how the kingdom of God works. And he's calling us to put faith in him. So I want to read this passage of scripture and just pray that the power of the word of God, I believe there's power in the word of God. Do you believe that? Do you believe that the, God, that the Word of God is, as in 2 Timothy chapter 3 says, that it is powerful for teaching, for correcting, that, that it is the inerrant Word of God that is inspired by the Holy Spirit? And that means what, what we're doing right now is we read that the Holy Spirit is going to move through our hearts and our minds and, and into our lives in a powerful way. And so I never, take, I never take that lightly. And so sometimes as we approach the Word of God, we kind of just jump into it, but I even want to pause just for a second to think, God inspired this word to speak to us. And, and I, I want to let that happen today. Starting in verse 26 of chapter 4. It says, and he said, the kingdom of God it is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground. He sleeps and rises night and day. And the seed sprouts and grows. And I want you to underline this Uh, sentence right here. He knows not how. Seed sprouts and grows. He knows not how. The sower does. The earth produces by itself, first the blade, then the ear, then the full grain in the ear. But when the grain is ripe at once, he puts it in the sickle because the harvest has come. Now the next parable, verse 30, he said, with what can we compare the kingdom of God? Or what parable shall we use for it? It is like a grain of mustard seed, which, when sown on the ground, it is the smallest, you can underline smallest, of all the seeds on earth. Yet when it is sown, it grows up and becomes larger than any other plants, any other garden plants, and puts out large branches, so the birds of the air can make nests in its shade. With, much par- with many such parables, he spoke to the word to them as if they were able to hear it. He did not speak to them without a parable, but privately to his own disciples, he explained everything. Let's pray right now that God's word right there would just speak to us and change us. Lord, we do pray that. We're thankful that we have your word. We have access to the word. We know in other countries, it's not even that easy to to have. We thank you even for the freedom we have to gather here. But I pray the word of God would speak to us. Your word, Jesus, would speak to us and change us. Let me decrease so that you can increase, God. And we thank you for what you're doing in Jesus' name. Amen. So a few questions. I want to kind of explain the context and, and, and try to understand what's important in parables is they'll teach you this in Bible college, is to never focus on the small details of the parable. You could get some wacky theology if you just focus on, on the really small details of the parable. A parable is another just way of selling illustration. That's why I often like to tell stories to help it, to help it be relevant, to connect. That's exactly what Jesus was doing. And in these parables, it's important not to focus on the smaller details but on the big picture, and even look if Jesus was explaining what he was doing. But I look at this this passage, and I see what, I ask, what is the meaning of, of the sower? And what is the meaning of, what does it mean to plant a seed? Well, see, Jesus isn't the one planting the seed in this context. It's just as a man planting the seed. And I believe that man is us today, is an example of all of us today, and that planting the seed is representative of our ministry, is representative of every prayer we pray, of every time we share God's love. Every time we pray, every time we share God's love, I believe we're scattering seeds. I believe we're sowing seeds, we're throwing seeds out. Every time we pray for our neighbor, we're sowing seeds. Every time we share, do something nice for our neighbor, every time we do something nice for a coworker, every time we become selfless and think of other people more than ourselves, I believe we're doing God's work and we're sowing seeds that we may never know the results of, that we may never see the ultimate fruit of it. But, but it requires faith in that. And so I believe as he's talking about this, keep in mind that we're saying this is what this means, is that we're sowing seeds, we're sharing God's love, we're praying. We're sharing God's love, we're, do, we're being Jesus to people, and we're praying for people. And a lot of us, I'm, I'm convicted by this, is a lot of us have been, been praying, praying, and praying, and sowing and sowing, and sowing, and sowing, and sowing, and we're not happy with the results. I've been there. We've been sowing and sowing and sowing. We've been doing and doing and doing, but we're not happy with the results. And that is extremely challenging. But in this passage, God is saying, I'm the one that brings the growth. I'm the one that brings the growth. I'm the one that is responsible for the results. You just worry about sowing. And 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 you just worry about trusting me. So here's here's what faith means. I'm going to give you four things and just challenge us in this way of faith. And I believe God's calling you, and I believe our church is going to take this step and accept this challenge of being deep, going deeper in our faith. Faith means this. It means trusting God in the unknown. See that first part? I told you to underline it. He doesn't know how it works. The sower, it just works. I believe even in this, in this time, they didn't know how photosynthesis worked, right? Like we've been able to study more into it and understand the, the science and biology of it. But I believe that, that at this time, he was like, hey, I don't, the, the sower didn't know how that works. I mean, he knew it needed sunlight. He knew it needed water. But, but maybe he didn't understand the process of how it works. And, I, and that's often where we are at. We don't understand how it works. We don't understand how God works. Some of us are trying to answer that question, how does God work? Let me, let me save you a whole lot of time and say this, you don't need to know. Matter of fact, God doesn't actually let you know. He wants, because that's what faith is. Man, we want to know everything, right? My, my wife's an amazing researcher. Every time she steps into something, we're looking to do to do anything that requires some type of research. We're looking to go to, uh, to put our kids in a school. We're looking at buying a car. We're looking at, at uh, going on a trip. She researches everything. She just loves information. And she wants to know everything so she could prep our mind. But here's the thing. That's, that's great. But often, God doesn't allow us to know everything along the way. We want a full laid out map where we see every step of the way, where we see man this God's saying, "Hey, this is what I'm going to do. This is how I'm going to provide it, and this is the timeline of how I'm going to provide it." Wouldn't that be great? But here's the thing. We if you've been serving God for for more than a couple of years, you understand that that's not how God works. You understand that that's just not how he works. That's, 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 God doesn't give you the full laid out plan right, after the, right off the bat. And so we struggle with this unknown, but faith requires us to be okay with the unknown. And, and that, that's the essence of You have to be okay taking a step and knowing that God's going to provide for you. You have to be okay with saying, "Man, I don't, God hasn't even shown us where it's at yet, but I believe that God's going to provide. Let me tell you, there was a lot of unknown by stepping out into this building process. There was so much unknown. We didn't even know if we were going to come together or not. We prayed a whole lot about that. And we've we've decided that this is what God wants. It's been so incredibly clear that God is in this and we're incredibly excited about it. But that was just one example of so many unknowns. We didn't know how he was going to provide the finances for. We didn't know who we were going to partner with. We didn't know where people were going to park. But then God provided as we were coming and said, hey, we got you a full parking garage so people don't have to pay for parking. And we just saw God provide, but it wasn't until we stepped out, it wasn't the other way around where we say we saw the full answers and we f- saw the full layout, and then we were able to step out. It required stepping out, and God says, nope, hey, I got you. That's what faith is. We don't ignore wisdom. We don't ignore, throw caution to the wind. But, but faith requires risk, and faith requires being okay with the unknown. Second thing is this, is faith requires obe- or faith means obedience. Uh, James says, faith without works is dead. So it's, it's dead faith unless it's backed by obedience. Faith will ultimately produce obedience. It will produce following God's word. It will, it will produce you taking a step out. Otherwise, it's not true faith. Otherwise, it's fake faith. It's dead faith when your faith is alive that means it will be backed by obedience if you believe that that going to the gym is good for you and you have full faith in that and that belief is a core belief you're going to go to the gym and and I don't I'm not pushing any agenda with that but I'm saying that the faith is always produce, true faith always produces action and so faith means obedience and, and with this, this example, we see something really cool. It was talking about sowing the seed. So faith means sowing that seed. Faith means sharing God's love, sharing God's word, encouraging people, sharing God's love and praying. Man, the, the obedience factor is your ministry, is sowing the seed. Your, the obedience factor is sowing that seed. And what's incredible here is it talks about the small beginnings and then the the big outcomes. Because you never know, Jesus is emphasizing, man, you never know what's going to happen from from just that seed you sow. And it talks about the mustard seed, right? It is smaller than any other seed out there. And so it's about a millimeter in diameter. And matter of fact, I brought one out here. And this seed, can you even see it right now? That's because I didn't have it. I was just making that up. Gotcha. So the, the mustard seed is something that's the smallest, but it produces the largest thing. It's this cool, it's this cool like flip that Jesus says. He's like, hey, God made the, the smallest seed produce the biggest bush, the big, biggest shrub, and have the largest branches that it produces. And that's, and in essence, that's what Jesus did. A lot of people looked at his ministry and be like, well, that's like nothing. What are you, what are you doing? Like, there's nothing that's going to come from this small little beginning of a ministry that Jesus had, humble beginning, but he changed the world through, through his ministry. And so with your obedience, I believe being obedient in the seemingly small things will result in big results. Faith means understanding that, 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 that God is working in the small things and that you're never underestimating the power of just going and loving somebody, of sowing seed. You'd never underestimate the power of praying for someone because that seemingly small thing can produce the biggest thing. Jesus even analogized the, the idea of a mustard seed saying, if you even have faith the side of a one millimeter mustard seed, You can say to this mountain, be moved into the ocean. In Matthew, he describes that. And he's saying, look, if you have this small faith, if you have faith in even the small things, that you're able to move mountains, that that something big will come from something seemingly small. So being obedient in the small thing, loving the people around you. And obeying God in those small things and seeing what God will do through you because that mustard seed is, becomes bigger than any other garden plants. Thirdly, faith means understanding God is responsible for the results. And I think this is really important because, because he's highlighting this. is like, hey, the, the man sows the seed, but God gives the increase. God gives the growth. Have any of you ever tried to grow something? Like ever grow some, a plant of any kind? Like just raise your hand. And it, it's, it, have any of you failed at doing it? Just raise your hand. Awesome. Good. I got my hands up. I don't know if I've ever succeeded at doing it, to be honest. I'm not very gifted in that. I don't have the green thumb. But so what, what's frustrating about plant growth is that we don't do the growing. Like I remember I was trying to do, every, every time I tried to grow something, I'm just like grow. I'm trying to just like do it. But you're not the one that does it. You provide the right soil, the light, and the nutrients, and everything it needs. But you don't, you can't force something to grow. Right? You can't force something to grow. And in the same way, we can't manipulate God. We can't play God. And God's saying, hey, this is the line of your, where your responsibility stops. He's saying, that you don't need to worry about the growth of, and here's where it applies. You don't have to worry about the growth of other people. And we, we do, there's this line, we do pour into people. We do sow the seed. And sowing the seed means loving people. Some of us are, are, have, have, are discipling other people. And some of us are, are looking out and saying, man, I want this person in my life to grow. I want my children to grow in their faith. I want my spouse to grow in their faith. I want my coworker to grow in their faith. And I'm doing what I can. But I want to let you know that it's God that gives the increase. First Corinthians 3, 6 says, Paul was talking, he's saying, look, so I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the growth. Do You see that? God gave the growth. See that it isn't it isn't us that gives the growth. It's God. So what I want to encourage you with is some of us have been ministering to people. Some of us have been sharing God's love to people, and we're like frustrated because we're not seeing the growth. I want to encourage you to not worry about it. Faith means understanding that God is responsible for the results, but you're sowing the seed. See, we're called to pray for people. Some of us have been praying and praying and praying, and we're not not happy with the results. We become frustrated with God. We become angry at God because we're not happy about the results, and that's challenging, But we need to understand that's God's responsibility and we don't need to know how it works. That's what faith means. If we knew how it all worked, that wouldn't be faith at all. He's challenging us to say, I'm okay with the unknown and I'm okay with you being responsible for the results. Because we always want it in our timing. See, the disciples, they were looking at Jesus' work and he was saying, man, this looks small, but something, something big came for him. They don't need to know how... How the preaching of Jesus' words hap- were going to work in people's lives, but as the disciples were going to be going out and preaching the word of God, he was saying, Hey, don't worry about the results. That's my responsibility. You don't need to understand. Just start the size of a mustard seed and trust me with it. So I want to encourage you you've been praying for a family member, you've been praying for a loved one, you're not happy with the results, you've been praying for a healing. You're not happy with the results. You've been, you've been praying for your marriage. You've been praying for your kids. You've been sharing your faith with loved ones. You're not happy with the results. This is where faith comes in because faith means understanding. God is responsible for that. God is the one who gives the results and we need to not worry. Shared this earlier. Not worry, but put with thanksgiving, put those things in God's hands. And trust him that he is responsible for that. And we have to under, understanding that faith is realizing that God is in control and that God loves you. And that means that God knows what's best for you. And that is very difficult to do. I'm saying every single thing I'm talking about today is so challenging for me. As I'm saying these words, I'm preaching to myself because this is the hardest part of our faith, but it is the essence of Christianity, is the essence of following Jesus, is having faith that God is in control and that God loves you. That's what we're talking about today. Faith means knowing and understanding God is responsible for the results. And lastly, faith means seeing what isn't there yet. See, Jesus, did, Jesus modeled this. He started his ministry, and he wasn't worried that, he, that it was starting slow. He wasn't worried that, that there was no one showing up to his church. And in essence, that's what you could describe. And there was no one following his ministry at first. But he wasn't worried about the small results because he trusted in God and that he knew and what wasn't there yet he saw. Faith, faith by definition is seeing what isn't there yet. Because if you see it, that doesn't require any faith to, to, to believe in it. When, man, when we planted this, this church, this campus, it, it required faith to see all these people in, in, in the room. It required faith to see people's lives being changed. It required faith to see community groups form and people start to build relationships and grow in their faith as a result. It required faith to see outreach happen and us partner with the community and serve our schools and serve our city and serve our community and love our community. It required faith to immobilize these people and and reach out and be the church to the city. It required faith because it wasn't there yet. This group of people wasn't, weren't here four years ago, but we required faith in doing that, and even more so honoring Caleb and Chrissy starting almost or six and a half years ago, seeing what wasn't, wasn't in existence yet. They saw a church that was hungry for God, that wasn't afraid to get their hands dirty, that wasn't afraid to serve the community, that was about, and that we we saw before it happened, people coming to know Jesus, people that were de-churched and unchurched and hurt by the church, coming back to their faith, people that had never been in church, coming back, coming to faith and saying, man, Jesus is real because I see it and I sense it in this room and I sense it in the people in this room. It required faith to believe what wasn't there yet. You never know what God can do through you. And, and what we're called to do is even have faith of a mustard seed and see what isn't there yet. Look at your situation and say, man, my marriage isn't what I, what I would like it to be. But when you have faith, something comes in. When you have faith and you see what isn't there yet. That's the hard part. But you see what isn't there yet, and you believe God for it, and you plant the seeds of prayer. You plant the seeds of sharing God's love. You plant the seeds of obedience, and you, and you have faith. And as God works through that, you will see miracles. Faith is about believing what you can't see, seeing what is unseen. We look at a situation and say, man, what can be from this? What could come from the situation? What, what will happen? I believe the, the church should be the biggest place of dreamers, the biggest place where we faith rises up and we see what can be. We don't just look narrow-minded and, and see the negative and the reality, but what we see is the future and what potential is there. Do you have faith that God will provide for you? Do you have faith that, that he will give you peace? Do you, do you have faith that, that he loves you? Sometimes it's as simple as that. And do you have faith that he is in control? That he's working behind the scenes? And do you have faith that he knows what's best for you? Do you have faith that he's working even though you cannot see it? That's what faith means. And, and Jesus was, was using this parable to say, look, this is what some of you are thinking, and you need to line up with, the, with how God operates. With, this is how the kingdom of God works. It requires faith. And, and just as Jesus was challenging the multitude and the disciples in this scenario, I believe God's calling us to a deeper level of faith in an accurate level of faith, an accurate view, an accurate belief of how God operates God isn't this this just person we're trying not to do the wrong thing around and trying to do the right thing around. He is someone that he says, hey, I love you and I want you to believe in me. I want you to trust that I have everything taken care of. I want you to trust that I'm going to work through you. And I want you to, to, to be obedient in the seemingly small things and sow seeds and believe that God is working in the midst of it. For some of us, we need to let go of that responsibility. I believe some of us are being called right now to let go of the responsibility of the growth because God's responsible for the growth. For some of us, we need to be able to see what's not there. For some of us, we need to to be okay with the unknown. But whatever God's speaking to you today, He's all of us, he's calling to a deeper level of faith whether we're completely new to the faith or whether we've been serving God our whole life. He's calling you to a deeper level of faith because he's in control. He's in control. I, one of the most powerful times, I, when, I was, when I was in high school, I, I served at this church and it was a set up and tear down church in an elementary school similar to this, but it was maybe only eight people that showed up. But I still loved it, and I loved serving there, and I loved what God was doing there. And I remember the pastor speaking this word one time, and he had everybody repeat after him because his his emphasis was so big that day. And he said, I want you to repeat after me God is in control. And that stuck with me, and I wanted to challenge you today to repeat after me God is in control. Come on, one more time like you mean it. God is, God is in control. When we believe that, I believe we'll see faith rising up, faith rising up that God is in control. And if the band wants to come back, and I want to just simply give you an opportunity just to respond and just to say, man, I'm, I feel God, you calling me to a deeper level of faith. I feel God that you're moving in my heart, and I know I need to trust you in these areas. I know I need to be okay with the unknown. I want to let God do his work today. So would you bow your heads? We hope this word encouraged you today. If you haven't heard, we recently purchased a building in Old Sacramento. This is going to be the permanent home of Project Church. We are here to stay in Sacramento. But I wanted to ask you if you would consider giving, uh, donating to help make this vision come to fruition. You can go to www.projectchurch.com believe to see more about the building and to donate. God bless you and let's see what God can do through us.